0: Hello and welcome to Easy Easy Big Takes, takes, the podcast where we read you the one star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat and I'm Riley. We decided that we're doing movies that technically by the rules of Christmas movies. (laughs) are Christmas movies. Actually, this one, I don't know, but it made a bunch of lists where they said it was technically a Christmas movie because Christmas does happen during this movie. And if you can use that logic with Harry Potter, you can use that here.
1: I'm going to be honest. I don't remember in this movie where Christmas happened. So. There's a Christmas party at a certain point. That makes sense, but yes. I'm just—I'm just now remembering our theme. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it made the list. Okay, it made, it made like the multiple
0: list. listicles. It made the list. To spare you the suspense, it's American Psycho, <laughs> which came out in 2000, rated R, was categorized as a horror thriller, and is an hour and forty-four minutes long. So, the plot of American Psycho. In 1987, Patrick Bateman, a young and wealthy New York City investment banker, spends most of his time dining at popular restaurants while keeping up appearances for his fiancée, Evelyn Williams, and his circle of wealthy associates, most of whom he despises. At a business meeting, Batman, Batman, (laughs) Bateman, and his associates flaunt their business cards, focusing on their design and style. Enraged by the superiority of his colleague Paul Allen's card, Bateman confronts a homeless man in an alley at night and stabs. Him and stomps his dog to death.
1: I fast forward through that scene. I hate that scene. I did too.
0: <laughs> Bateman and Alan, who mistakes Bateman for another co worker, make plans for dinner after a Christmas party. There. See? See? Okay, there we go. Okay. Bateman resents Alan for his affluent lifestyle and ability to obtain reservations at Dorsia, an exclusive restaurant that Bateman is unable to get reservations at. Bateman manipulates Alan into getting drunk. He lures Alan into his apartment and kills him with an axe while listening to Huey Lewis and the news. Bateman goes into Alan's apartment and leaves a message on his answering machine claiming that Alan has gone on a business trip to London. After private investigator Donald Kimball interviews Bateman regarding Alan's disappearance, Bateman takes two prostitutes christy and sabrina to his apartment where they have sex before he tortures them and sends them on their way after paying them bateman's colleague lewis Carruthers, reveals a new business card So Bateman tries to strangle him in the restroom of an expensive restaurant. Carruthers mistakes the attempt for a sexual advance and declares his love for Bateman, who panics and flees. Kimball conducts a second interview with Bateman, revealing that a colleague of Bateman's claims to have spotted Alan in London, calling the entire investigation into question. Bateman is relieved, but is perturbed and begins to doubt himself. After murdering a model, Bateman invites his secretary, Jean, to dinner, suggesting that she meet him at his apartment for drinks. Bateman plans to kill her with a nail gun, but desists after he receives a message from Evelyn on his answering machine. An agonized Bateman meets Kimball for lunch. Kimball reveals that a colleague of Bateman claims to have had dinner with him, cementing his alibi. Kimball remarks that someone murdering Alan for no reason is simply not believable, to which Bateman nervously smiles. Bateman brings Christy to Alan's apartment, where he draws... Drugs his acquaintance, Elizabeth, before having sex with her and Christy. After Bateman kills Elizabeth, Christy runs, discovering multiple female corpses as she searches for an exit. Bateman chases her and drops a chainsaw on her as she flees down a staircase. Afterwards, Bateman breaks off his engagement with Evelyn. (laughs) As Bateman uses an ATM, he sees a cat. The ATM displays the text, feed me a stray cat. So he prepares to shoot the cat. When a woman confronts him, he instead shoots her. A police chase ensues, but Bateman kills the officers and blows up a police car. Bateman kills two more people before hiding in his office. He calls his lawyer Harold Carnes and frantically leaves a confession claiming to have killed 20 to 40 people. The following morning, Bateman visits Allen's apartment to clean up the remains, but finds it vacant and for sale. The realtor cryptically tells him that the apartment does not belong to Alan before ordering him to leave. While Bateman goes to meet with his colleagues for lunch, Gene finds detailed drawings of murder and mutilation in Bateman's office journal. Bateman sees Carnes and mentions the phone message. Carnes mistakes Bateman for another colleague and laughs off the confession as a joke. Bateman clarifies who he is and again confesses the murders, but Carnes says his claims are impossible since he recently had dinner with Allen in London. A confused Bateman returns to his friends. They muse whether Ronald Reagan is a harmless old man or hidden psychopath before discussing their dinner reservations. Bateman, unsure if his crimes were real or imaginary, realizes he will never receive the punishment he desires. His narration declares that his confession has meant nothing. The end. So this movie was directed by Mary Heron, who also directed I Shot Andy Warhol, that came out in 1996. She wrote the movie with Guinevere Turner, and the movie itself is based on the 1991 novel of the same name by Brett Easton Ellis. This movie was directed and written by women, That it was based on a book by gay men. Oh, okay. Which comes up in the discourse over this movie, and how some people perceive it. Okay. Cinematography was done by Andre Sekula, who did cinematography for Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. The cast and includes Christian Bale, Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto, Josh Lucas, Samantha Mathis, Matt Ross, Bill Sage, Chloe Sevigny, Reese Witherspoon, Justin Thoreau, Guinevere Turner, who wrote the movie. Oh, okay. And then Kara Seymour. Some trivia. The budget was $7 million, the single biggest cost being the soundtrack music rights for the movie. Yeah. yeah. And it grossed $34 million. So this is another point that I have to just go with the discourse around this movie. So this film blends horror and black comedy to satirize 1980s yuppie culture and consumerism exemplified by Bateman. The film is an adaptation of the satirical novel, American Psycho, by Brett Easton Ellis, which was published in 1991 amid significant controversy over its graphic depiction of violence against women. And development of a film adaptation began in 1992 after Johnny Depp expressed interest and producer edward r pressman bought the rights to the film
1: i wonder why was it made um so we'll
0: get there it okay it went through a few changes in main actor and director patrick bateman the character his first appearance was in the 1987 ellis novel called the rules of attraction in which his brother sean is the main character and i think there was one other book about bateman after american psycho mm-hmm. and in the book Bateman dies in a fire on a boat
1: dock. Interesting.
0: And for those of you who know about American Psycho 2, which is very different, very bad, starring Mila Kunis.
1: Ah, uh, yeah.
0: In that one, she claims to have killed Patrick Bateman and her babysitter. Okay. So that's not the official death of Patrick Bateman, but it is
1: a depiction of his death. And I'm guessing it's not played by Christian Bale. I don't even think, he's not even like in the movie. <laughs> Yeah.
0: The film is frequently a topic of memes. It has been said by some to be relevant due to its themes and satirical nature. So David Cronenberg and Brad Pitt respectively became attached to direct and star and Ellis was brought on to write the script. Cronenberg did not want to use any of the restaurant or nightclub material from the novel, which he considered boring, wanted to excise the violence and mandated the script be 65 to 70 pages. Ellis considered Cronenberg's direction insane and ignored them. Ellis's departed significantly from the novel as he had quote been living with it for like three and a half four years end quote it ended with an elaborate musical sequence to barry manilow's daybreak atop the world trade center a change which Ellis felt exemplified how bored he was with the material. Thank God that didn't happen.
1: (laughs) Thank God.
0: (laughs) Then they brought on another writer, and David Cronenberg just left the film.
1: That kind of sounds like for the best. Yeah. Just given what we were, what we just read.
0: (laughs) I agree. So Mary Herron chose Bale to play Bateman, but because distributor Lionsgate's film sought Leonardo DiCaprio in the role, Herron was fired... And replaced with Oliver Stone, Stone and DiCaprio left due to creative differences. So Heron was brought back.
1: Okay. There was a lot of people moving through this. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And then Heron, upon reading the book, initially found it to be too violent. However, after rereading it, she realized enough time had passed to make an 80s period piece and to bring out the satire to comment on the era. Heron felt that Ellis's drafts were too moralistic and missed the novel's preciseness in depicting social privilege. She wanted it to come more from that angle of this is a fucking privileged white man. He could get away with literally anything. And he does. Exactly. So Heron recruited and convinced Turner to work on the project with her, although Turner was not a horror fan and had never heard of American Psycho prior. Heron recalled facing scrutiny for depicting Bateman as homophobic, a criticism she found odd since no objections were raised over his murders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) She also received requests to delve into Bateman's psychology but said that, quote, having a very clear psychological explanation wasn't of great interest to me, end quote, since she found the concept generic, shallow, and unrealistic. Heron rejected suggestions to explore Bateman's family and background. She felt it was unnecessary and that bateman was simply a monster which i respect
1: i was thinking about that because like they do not talk about that and i think that's very interesting when you do that when you look into the family life when you look into your background that's that makes you sympathize with him you know Mm -hmm. and you cannot with this character this character is simply a monster i love that they did that very good Yeah. yeah
0: And like Heron, Bale was uninterested in Bateman's backstory. He saw the character as, quote, an alien who landed in the unabashedly capitalist New York of the 80s, end quote. Heron felt that he was the only one who fit the role, later saying he, quote, saw the part the way I did and he got the humor of it, end quote. Mm -hmm. And then Bale drew inspiration from Nicolas Cage's performance in Vampire Kiss, the 1989 film. And also a Tom Cruise interview on Letterman.
1: (laughs) Is it the one where he's like fake laughing? He looks like a
0: maniac. Yes. I'm, I'm 99% sure that's the one. Mm-hmm. He kept images of 1980s figures who he felt Bateman would attempt to emulate, such as Tom Cruise and Donald Trump. He never broke character during the <laughs> shoot, did not socialize off camera, always spoke with an American accent, and worked out at a gym for hours to maintain Bateman's physique and followed Bateman's morning routine. Yeah, Christian Bill's a method actor to the T. Definitely is.
1: I always forget he's not American.
0: Yeah, and apparently... Some of the crew members, I think, after the film had wrapped, heard him talk with a British accent and thought he was just, like, joking around. (laughs) (laughs) Where's he from? Is he British or...? Yeah, he's British. Okay. Bale had no problem appearing nude, though he wore sneakers and covered his penis with a sock
1: between nude scenes. I remember saying that because he's running down the hallway with a chainsaw, like, covering his junk. (laughs) He's got sneakers on.
0: (laughs) Heron nicknamed Bale robo-actor for his ability to control his sweat glands, which she and his co-stars noticed during the business card scene that,
1: he can do that yeah apparently that is that's messed up <laughs> that's so crazy it's insane all right honestly like what a great actor to play this character though right scarily oh wow you're
0: scarily fitting for this role he is other than the times that he is like unhealthily lost weight for roles he this is like the few times where i'm like okay maybe method acting does work and he's not really hurting anybody by the the way that he's method acting yeah unlike one of his co-stars
1: oh yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Heron and Bale excluded Leto from rehearsals of the murder of Paul Allen so Leto's, ex- Leto's expression of shock when Bale ran at him with an axe would be genuine. I
1: feel like they did it on purpose. <laughs> like, no, no, you go stand outside. Mm. You go stand outside. <laughs> He's in it for like two seconds. Yeah. He's like the second on the credits. He's in it for two seconds. He's he not deserved. <laughs> I mean, his character's talked about a lot. The only person anyone's concerned about who's missing or not being found is, of course, this Wall Street white dude. Mm-hmm. No one cares about any of the other people that they meant harm.
0: Yeah, like the, the sex workers and
1: the homeless people. And
0: yeah, the majority of filming took place in downtown Toronto. Anti-violence advocates petitioned Toronto City Hall to like not allow them to film there because of reports that Paul Bernardo owned a copy of the novel. If you don't know who that is, he's one half of the Ken and Barbie killers. Those murders happened in Canada, I believe. A little bit of a dark fact, but well, it's I think it's shows
1: like because when you watch this movie this movie's trying to make a point and it's satire i understand why people were upset
0: yes As a promotion, one could register to receive emails, quote unquote, from Patrick Bateman supposedly to his therapist. And Lionsgate also spent $50,000 on an online stock market game, Make a Killing with American Psycho, which invited players to invest in films, actors, or musicians using fake Hollywood money. So they had like a, they made a stock market game.
1: Weird. Okay. I've never heard of that. So
0: yeah,
1: that's odd.
0: The name Bateman is derived from the main character of the Psycho film franchise, Norman Bates. Oh, yeah, totally. Whitney Houston refused to allow any of her songs to be used in the film. I can understand. I respect that. Yeah. And then, as I mentioned, a, a direct-to-video sequel, American Psycho 2, was released in 2002, starring Mila Kunis. And I believe that is also on HBO Max, if you ever want to watch it. Really? It's like the Lifetime movie version of American Psycho, basically. Oh. <laughs> but what were your thoughts on
1: American Psycho? I tried watching this a long, long time ago.
0: hmm I think when we were in high school, I remember talking about that, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I turned it off after... The dog. And well... I think it was a little bit after that. It's when he invites the first two girls over. Oh, yeah. I was just like, this is not my kind of movie. This is (laughs) not going.
0: (laughs) Someone's going to walk in on me watching this.
1: Yes. I was like, my (laughs) goodness. It's a very interesting movie. I understand the satire. I understand there's tons of commentary. Will I watch this again? Not anytime soon or preferably, preferably not again. Yes. It is. Hysterical at times, it really is. Like there's times where it's just ridiculous, and and it's all satire, and 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 it's the it's supposed to be like, oh my god, like you know, like what what is this to the point
0: where like it baffles me that people take it serious like
1: really seriously
0: and we're like he's just like me she's oh, uh, the amount of letterbox
1: reviews i saw that said he's just like me that is so concerning and the fact that you could watch this and not get it and relate to the man i do not understand that i mean i feel like you should just go to prison if you say like that. <laughs> I feel like I feel turn like yourself you're, in. I feel like you are. I feel like if you say that they should look into like where you've been and who you've been interacting with.
0: If they think they're like Patrick Bateman, I mean, he tried to turn himself in. They would probably turn themselves in. <laughs>
1: But the fact that he, he he gets away with it, you know, literally he tries to tell people, I've, I've been doing all these horrible things. No, you haven't. You know, it's just like, oh my God. It's just, this movie is like, it's so goofy at times. Like the whole Jerry Lotto scene in the apartment, it's just, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it gets gritty at some points. There were some scenes where I was like, oh, that's, that's so creepy. Here's the thing from reading about it and reading about the book. Mm hmm. The book was ten times worse. That's what I feel like, like, sounds like they toned it down a lot.
0: Yeah. The fact that it's still a lot and they toned down so much. I don't ever want to read the book.
1: No, I don't either. There are a few scenes where, like, or just one that they gave my head that was so creepy. I forgot where he's coming from, but he's walking on the sidewalk. There's a woman walking ahead of him and they both had to stop at the crosswalk. He says hi to her. She goes, hi. And the walk sign turns on. They're walking and she kind of waits a little bit for him to walk, but he doesn't. That is so creepy. And it just sent me chills.
0: That's, yeah, that's understandable. The first time I watched this movie, I will say, like, I knew that there was, like, a comedic element to it, but I watched it as a teenager, you know, so I didn't fully understand, like, what exactly the satire was yeah and watching it again i was like okay no i totally understand and especially in like being an adult yeah and having more context of what the kind of people that are like patrick bateman who you know, might not go as far as to murder people but do awful things mm-hmm. or are capable of them
1: he's still associated all his friends are terrible people they're all misogynists racist anti-semitic they're all awful people so it's it's not and I think that's what the message of the movie is. They're all awful people. He's associated with awful people. What's one what's one person being a murderer? You know, like, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like. The only thing different about him is that he also murders people. But he blends in right with them. That's the whole yeah, thing. and It's hard
0: to tell him being a murderer mm-hmm. apart from these people.
1: Yeah. and Yeah. But do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, because I'm sure we'll talk about it wanted to add a little
0: bit about the discourse on this movie. As I said, there's people who took it seriously, or they felt like they related to him, or they see him as, like, a good character. Jesus. I've seen a lot, especially on, like, TikTok lately, I've seen a lot of people, especially, like, women, talk about how this movie is a satire, because it just seems like a lot of people did not realize that. hmm And at the, either they were offended or they were in love with him. It was a very two very different extremes about this movie. I didn't pick up on exactly Exactly what the satire was as a teenager so i can't imagine yeah how these teen boys are picking up on this movie you know i still
1: so fucked up though. <laughs> so messed up and
0: like some of them i'm sure they were joking but there were ones where i was like y'all need to stop
1: <laughs> i'm about to call your school
0: <laughs> it was people being like he's just like me but also people being like i would fuck him jesus or people being like i don't think i could change him but i'd, I'd sleep with him you want they won't
1: be able to change him
0: yeah like they couldn't they They couldn't couldn't fix fix they couldn't fix him but they would sleep a serial killer i think there was one it was like word for word i i don't i know i couldn't fix him but i'd fuck him god (laughs) well thank you for admitting that you couldn't fix a serial killer yeah that's so funny so anything else to add before i move on to the critics no no So this movie, On Rotten Tomatoes, shows a 68% from critics and an 85% from audience members. And the first review I have is from... Creative Loafing was written by Felicia Feaster in April of 2000 and was titled Yuppie Rage. Starting with, quote, Graced with a smart, pathos laden meditation on male competition and the blood drawing ferocity of a money centered culture, along with screenwriter Guinevere Turner, Heron does a transformative voodoo on an often repugnant source, end quote. A lot of the critics echo how much people hate the novel. Mm-hmm. In the next part, quote, Heron has thankfully cleaned up the crime scenes of Ellis's regrettable novel, sucking up a great portion of the blood better to convey the lifeless, bloodless despair of a pristinely quaffed but emotionally flatlined yuppie who hangs with a pack of fellow corporate sharks, end quote.
1: Yeah, they really hated the book. I understand it's more violent, but is it also because there's different messages being conveyed between the book and the movie?
0: It seems like a lot of the issue people had was mainly the violence, Mm -hmm. and the satire was still there with the novel. It, It seems like people were most upset about how graphic the violence was, especially being mostly directed towards women in this. Yeah. And it being written by a man, that was just, I think, a a red flag for a lot of people, which is understandable.
1: That's very understandable. I don't blame them.
0: But they also say, quote, the blue-yellow color range of Andre Sekula's cinematography and Dallas flesh with a putty-toned flatness more molded than human, end quote.
1: Putty tone flatness. Yeah, I totally... I do understand what they mean by
0: that. And then, quote, Heron offers a hilarious encapsulation of the ferociously narcissistic and obsessive Bateman mindset, end quote. Quote, Bale is exceptional in the lead, keeping a reserve of repugnant character traits, end quote. And then ends with, quote, at a certain point in American Psycho, after Bateman's blood sport is well underway, Heron loses hold of the film, adding more and more murder scenes to the brew, which never further develop, or complicate either Bateman or the plot. Fortunately, Bateman's soullessness and amoral solitude reassert themselves by the film's satisfyingly ambiguous, chilling end, but this rough patch of conventional thrills and chills shatters Heron's witty, intellectual approach and moves the film from its rarefied, plain, dangerously close to crowd-pleasing schlock, end quote. It became too much towards the middle and then kind of came back at the end, which... I would kind of agree with.
1: I can see that. Yeah, because I thought the chainsaw scene was going to be like the final scene, but there's still a lot lot left. Yeah. I do like the big final moment where he gets in the shootout with the cops. And for whatever Mm. reason, the car explodes. Yes. That's the hilarity that I'm talking about. Like just ridiculousness. And then he's walking through the buildings and they're exactly the same. Lots of scenes in this movie where you're like, oh, that's messed up. And there's a lot of scenes in this movie where like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And comedic.
0: And I agree with what, how they say that it doesn't develop or complicate anything mm-hmm. about it. Basically, like, it doesn't add much to it, so why put it in there? Yeah. And maybe she wanted to keep specific parts of the book in there or whatever but i understand that and i think that's why partially probably why you wouldn't go back and watch it again
1: yeah the concept of this movie is about a serial killer you know going around killing mm-hmm. people and, it, and it's very gritty at times it's very explicit at times and it's not going to be everyone's thing i get it mm-hmm. i get the satire i get the commentary I think it's very interesting commentary, but, you know, overall, like, it's still one of those movies. And some of
0: it, like, the exploding cop car, you could say, like, a lot of this stuff was probably just in his head.
1: That's the other thing that I I, wish I didn't know about this movie. I knew a lot about this movie, but I didn't know it was kind of pulling, not exactly, but kind of a fight club thing where... Spoilers! <laughs> I'm not, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. But, okay, I've never l- seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna stop talking about folly club <laughs> <laughs> you're not uh, supposed to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm following the rules uh-huh. this movie i didn't know he that reality was shifted for him and and the viewer doesn't even know like what did happen what didn't happen yeah so
0: that was the first review this next review it was written on filmotomy mm-hmm. and it was written by zobo
1: shotgun that's okay all right I think it's a pen name yeah it's kind of cool I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This was written in October of 2019 and starts with, quote, regardless of how toned down the film is in comparison to the novel, it still features some exceptionally distressing scenes that really made waves with the horror audience and threw off those who weren't fully aware of what the film would entail, end quote. Which I think is kind of what we were just talking
1: about. Yes.
0: Quote, the story of American Psycho shows how Bateman doesn't see women as anything other than bodies to be played with, dissected, and disposed of at will. But it's not just women that are the problem for him he also doesn't care much for men either even though the film perverts Bateman as a misogynist with no care respect or humanity for women it also shows that he's so consumed by his own maddenings that he will happily slaughter anyone if it means he gains something for himself this is perhaps why it's not shocking that a woman directed this film but it also might explain why the violence towards women exhibited in the book is much more subtle in the film Yeah, that was another thing about the book they mention how the book details more atrocities committed by Bateman but the film let's the audience decide what else he might do.
1: Oh, that's awful. And and it is very ambiguous in the movie of of how many people He's doing this too? Yeah. Like at the end, he's in the, you know, he's confessing it to his lawyer. Oh, it could be, you know, 20, maybe 40 people. And you you couldn't tell from the movie. I mean, you know, it's a lot of people, but there, yeah. you don't at have least a specific six. number. At least yeah. six from what we saw in the apartment. <laughs>
0: a point that they kind of hinted at here. He only kills men whenever there's something to gain. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he kills women just
1: because. For pleasure
0: yeah they end with quote american psycho provides the audience with a strong societal commentary focuses on a culture obsessed with success money looking good and being materialistic it shows how the one percent live and how their only focuses in life are ones that give them personal gain without care of how they can impact the rest of society in a negative way american psycho is one of the greatest horror films of all time with its disturbingly dark comedy psychotic breakdowns of society and an unnerving look at the obsessive thoughts of a real serial killer end quote
1: yeah i really don't want to read the book because like i mean the movie itself is already still a lot yeah yeah i like how they write about like it's a it is also commentary on society a whole lot which is always interesting it's more than just what's going on yeah the murders
0: yeah outside of like the the misogyny aspect of it it does say a lot about especially in the 80s like that There was a period of excess and Mm -hmm. like materialistic and consumerism like that kind
1: of stuff I, I just remember that one scene, they're in the club and they're doing cocaine in the bathroom and the guy goes, can you keep it down? I'm trying to do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. That's the thing. Like, this movie is just, it, it it's, it's good. I get why people like this movie. It's hilarious in that way. But the line that kills me every time
0: is whenever he's picking up um Christy mm-hmm. and he's inside the limo and he's like, do you take card?
1: Yes, yes. her. <laughs>
0: Anyway, the next review is from the Cincinnati Inquirer by Margaret A. McGurk from April of 2000, who gave this movie a two out of four. They praise Heron's work as a filmmaker, saying Heron, quote, has made dramatic improvements on the repugnant novel, end quote. That's the second time someone has
1: described it that way.
0: As well as praising her work together with Turner on the script, they say the film looks fantastic, polished, self assured, similar to the, quote, status crazed 80s money grabbers at its center, end quote. They say, quote, pumped up to heroic proportions and locked behind a mask of reptilian detachment. Mr. Bale's Patrick Bateman is pure monster. End quote. That scene where he's like shedding that mask. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, you can interpret it in many ways, but like, you know, it's like shedding of a snake, you know, it's crazy.
0: I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah,
1: for sure. It could be interpreted like it's a mask, you know, he's wearing this mask for society and all that, but you know, shedding of a snake skin as well. Yeah,
0: I do imagine that scene every time I take off a peel-off mask. (laughs) Yes. But I I've
1: never been able to get it off in one piece like that. Oh, no. I don't know how they did that. I was actually yeah. sitting there thinking about that because I've tried to do it too. I'm like, it just comes in pieces. They also say, quote, the point is that greed is
0: bad, that macho materialism reduces women to consumer goods, that compulsive consumption is evil, and that 80s-style Wall Street values killed souls. Is that news? And is it now? Content to beat a dead horse, the movie lacks any hint that the same materialist evils apply in the dot-com present, end quote. Even in the 2000s, that stuff was still relevant. Like, women are still treated like a commodity consumer goods like they said
1: oh yeah so they don't like that i was placed in the 80s they rather it be present day
0: i think that they um are just trying to mention that like that kind of idealism and mindset is still happening it's just in a different different way than it was in the 80s mm-hmm.
1: i've agreed with them so far on everything mm-hmm. that that's kind of throwing me off because like i don't i don't think they're saying this is a new thing i don't think they are either yeah but they also mention how
0: like many people have it's not as graphic or violent as the novel but the film does have enough to make a reasonable stomach turn, and then ends with, quote, the film does not inspire sympathy for its devil. Bateman is, a, is a, as horrid a figure at the end as he is during his first murder, nor does it inspire sympathy for anyone else, including his victims. In the end, for all its craftsmanship and for all of Mr. Bale's astonishing work, American Psycho comes across as cold to the core, as if untouched by human hands, end quote that is a fair point i think it was part of the satire that the only person who was given any sympathy
1: was paul allen Mm -hmm.
0: but i understand what they mean by that i think it was just more of a commentary than they realized
1: yeah i absolutely do think that's part of the commentary i didn't i didn't think oh yeah i didn't think otherwise
0: i think that's up to you as a viewer to produce that sympathy exactly but the last review i have is the most recent one from in their own league by christy strauss from 2020 who gives this movie a four out of five Saying, quote, American Psycho is now 20 years old, and yet this psychological thriller bathed in hilarity and shock full of underlying social context is still as effective as it was then. This is primarily due to the amazing spot-on performance from Christian Bale and the confident direction of Mary Herron, end quote. And then, quote, in a lot of ways, these characters are all carbon copies and sort of empty, vain, and without definition. He's frequently worried about fitting in, and yet he recognizes that he's like everyone else. Patrick is commonly misidentified to the point where by the end, he's nearly pleading to have an identity, end quote.
1: Very true. I really like that. I don't think I picked up on that or like not what really, really saw. But now that they're saying it, that's it, it's coming together now.
0: Yeah, because not only are they all shitty, they all are also just lumped together into this like...
1: They're all the same people.
0: Yeah, like literally down to getting confused for other people yeah. by people he works with. Yeah, no kidding. They also say, quote, The difference with Patrick from the others is that he's got a lot going on on the inside. He may say... In the final scene, that his confession doesn't matter, but in this case, it's everything. He's in pain and striving for catharsis even if it isn't there, and that elevates him beyond a one-note psychopath, end quote. Quote, there are times where this film is satire at its best. It's also horrific, violent, and stomach-turning. Yet, with the humor that weaves in and out of the film, he's also likable somehow because he knows he's unhinged and he doesn't hide it. That frees him, allowing his character to go down some disturbing paths. That until the near end, where things go haywire, is quite engaging, end quote. And they say that this is where the film loses some of its steam. The buildup is too fast up to that point, And when it gets to its peak, it just isn't as effective. Yeah. I Like, I don't
1: want to call him likable. I don't want to agree with that. No,
0: but I understand like not likable, but like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but
1: you kind of I can admit he's funny in the movie. Yeah, that doesn't mean I like him. He has his moments. I'm not like, oh, he must be a good guy then, just because he's funny. I'm not saying that. Yeah, right. And
0: I, I don't think they're saying that he's a good guy no. either.
1: No, no. I, I get how they're like, he's also likable somehow. Like, I understand yeah. where they're, they can, you can teeter on that line of, yeah. And then they say, quote, or does he really do these terrible crimes?
0: That's the real question. As the credits roll, he's not a reliable narrator. True. Did he hallucinate it, or was there something else here swept under the rug? Regardless, the ambiguity of the end is fitting, end quote. Does him having homicidal ideations make him any better than if he were to, like, you know? Yeah. I think it's so hard about doing these things and making little drawings of it. Well, and also
1: his reality is so is so warped that he doesn't know if he had done them or not. Yeah. So it it's concerning in that way, too. Um, I like the ambiguity, ambiguity, <laughs> (laughs) ambiguity ambiguity in this film the next thing they
0: say is quote one of the things that makes this story so fascinating is the fact that our psychopathic guide is just as sick of it all despite being engulfed in it himself that division makes him crazy unless his disconnect from reality sensible in these grounds end quote he just doesn't want to do the niceties or like what's expected of him and he just is so tired of it that that's what makes him crazy is that he doesn't want to participate in any of it if that makes sense
1: no i get that it's it's like he's bored with everyone too. Mm -hmm.
0: Something that I I didn't really pick up on as much until now is like his fiance. Like she was
1: like, I don't care if you like me, love me, whatever. We're getting married. Yeah. Well, (laughs) The fact that she goes, well, we all have the same friends. It's not going to work out if we break it off. It's like... (laughs)
0: what (laughs) they end with quote american psycho is regarded as a classic and for good reason christian bale while he may capture the hero effortlessly in some of his other roles truly embodies the negative side of humanity with a keen efficiency and combined with heron's eye has created a truly original experience end quote you ready to move on to the audience reviews
1: or do you have anything else no i don't have anything else
0: Okay. So let's move on to the audience reviews. This is a four-star review from Letterboxd from 2021 that says, trigger warning, Jared (laughs) Leto.
1: All right, fantastic. Immediately. (laughs) Immediately fantastic.
0: Meant to put that at the beginning. Sorry, (laughs) guys. I have a 10 out of 10 from IMDb titled Excellent from 2006. And they say, I think this is the best adaptation of Brett esten ellis's book and maybe the most adaptable this yuppie representation of a serial killer is an unforgettable event and could be the best interpretation by christian bale christian bale always builds his body according to every role you think leonardo dicaprio could look like that (laughs) you have to see the machinist to confirm it and then he returns to his original shape with batman begins etc but this is a very introspective job and you can tell how well he was communicating with his director the one and only mary heron Excellent. You can tell how well she knew the story and how much she liked it.
1: Little jab at Leo. Dang, okay. (laughs) I was like, we've talked about this. Yeah, I think Christian Bale was best for this role. He really took it seriously. Yeah. He eerily played it almost almost too well
0: (laughs) Mary Heron was like from the beginning like I want bail yeah I mean she said even like he saw the humor in it like he understood the the script the way I did he
1: understood
0: but the next one is four stars from 2018 on Letterboxd OMG can't believe Patrick Bateman invented morning routines the beauty guru jumped out
1: I was thinking that he was doing like his whole morning routine I'm like this is literally what people do on TikTok (laughs) he was giving good advice too he's like you can't
0: use something that's alcohol based for your aftershave because it'll dry out your skin (laughs) like
1: like (laughs) he's not wrong literally was like hey girlies (laughs) good
0: morning my little batemans (laughs) this is a one out of ten from imdb titled where's the story from 2000. Okay, I admit it. I didn't plan to see this movie in a theater, but it happened that I had to see it in a sneak preview, so this film was absolutely meaningless to me. Without a decent story and without a real good actor, and I mean actor, Reese Witherspoon is always wonderful to watch. You have this (laughs) successful guy with money, a nice girlfriend, lots of friends, and lots of pressure he can't bear, and for compensation, he just walks around killing homeless people, prostitutes, and friends. This was the one movie in a long time I was really upset about. Don't get me wrong. I love films like The Scream Trilogy or The Matrix. Films with a lot of blood and violence. but American Psycho uses violence only for the sake of violence itself to satisfy the audience's voyeuristic bloodlust. And who would really believe one could shot a couple of policemen, an old lady and several other people in one night without further further notice? Sounds like, more like some kind of tasteless comedy than a movie that wants to be taken seriously. You're
1: so close. You're so <laughs> close you're you just said it you just said it <laughs> did you finish it did you finish it did you you're literally saying it's it's kind of like a comedy almost it's almost like it takes. dude that's what it the is. movie okay so this was all of imdb i'm guessing yes. yeah just I someone have to who one. god they're yeah. so close you're so close to getting it you're you're yeah. it's on the tip of your tongue on the tip yeah. of your brain i
0: like how the only nice thing they had to say was that they loved reese withers i love that that was my favorite part i love that so much always wonderful to watch And they're not wrong that's the one part They are very right about that. Yes, she is. This is a two-star review on Letterboxd from 2019. Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman is boring. He has two modes, cartoon rich guy and raggle fraggle kill all women. And of course, he's got to be the coolest, smartest, most collected, most beautiful, most successful person. Story is boring. No sense of consequences or tension or reason to care. If it's satirical, uh, I wasn't laughing all that much. Oh my god, that's not what that means. Something about basic Reaganomics or yuppie culture or toxic masculinity or something. It's not very good satire. Unlike, say, your showgirls or your blazing saddles. It got some nice shots. Direction is fine. I just wish I was looking at stuff I could care about. Nearly a scene of violence with a kitten while I was watching this with my cat. How could you show this kind of violence to my child? Mm. (laughs) So some bullshit (laughs) quote unquote was it ever real stuff just makes me groan and care less about what's happening on screen the 80s soundtrack surprisingly didn't do anything for me nor did the various references to other violent things like texas chainsaw just felt like a waste of time that's either too subtle or not subtle enough so i don't i don't think satire you're supposed to be laughing out loud every single time and doesn't
1: necessarily mean it's
0: Funny, you know? Yeah, not in, not in a, not funny ha-ha. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. funny, weird. (laughs) Exactly. But this is another one where they like almost got it.
1: Yeah, it's there, buddy. I don't know. I I can't make you understand it. The lack of consequences is part of
0: the satire. It's part of the commentary. In turn, that causes a lack of tension because you know he's going to be able to get away with it
1: yeah that's their point <laughs> yeah okay this is just someone who you're given everything to understand this yeah. movie and you just go nope
0: <laughs> yeah i think they did say at the beginning it's not for me so i get it it's just not for you i
1: guess uh, Yeah.
0: Their cat, why would you show this to my child? Why
1: would you show this to my child.
0: <laughs> the next one is five stars from Letterboxd from 2021, and it just says man moment. <laughs> oh,
1: that's hilarious.
0: It is. This movie is truly a, a man moment. Yep. Uh, one out of ten, IMDb. Oh, 2004,
1: titled Great Book, Terrible Movie. Oh, Jesus. This is somehow worse than someone going, like Oh, yeah, I relate to uh, Patrick Bateman's character in the movie. <laughs> He's just like me, <laughs> yeah. This is almost worse. Like, Oh, I didn't like the movie. But I love the book, like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But
0: this day, unbelievable. Read the book a couple of years ago on a holiday in Spain. Jesus. After reading, I thought it wasn't possible to make a movie based on this story. The horror was incredible. What a book. Now, some years later, I took the video home. Although the critics were not positive after the release, I checked IMDb. Moi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are they kissing us? Yeah. Six, seven, not bad, but saw it yesterday and it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Bad director, bad actors, bad of storytelling. I spelled storytelling
1: wrong. <laughs>
0: we did. No details, the best part of the book, nothing. Really unbelievable how such a good book can be abused for such a bad movie. And they signed their name, Marcel.
1: No details, the best part of the book. So the the
0: part, they took out the parts of the details about Patrick Bateman violating these
1: women further? Is, are you, you in your, upset? I get, you upset? I get liking the book because of satire, but you like the book because, oh my God, this person's nuts. This is worse than anyone who go, this is bad. Yeah, <laughs> this is a bad take. <laughs> yeah, bad take. I do not. They didn't mention satire at any point. They just no. mentioned how the horror
0: of the book was incredible. Jeez. Okay. The next one, no stars, 2018. This could go any, anywhere. Letterbox. <laughs> If it's all in his head, it's not a redemption, but a different condemnation. As men murder by the dozens, citing rejection or isolation as their motivations, it's clear that these sort of fantasies, rivalries, delusions are not really exaggerations. They're just rarely spoken aloud. But you can see them even in mundane behaviors, locker room talk or corporate policies or dating website questions. You can feel the violence under the surface. It is hard to hide. Patrick Bateman isn't a cliche of mental illness, though that interpretation is supported by pieces of the film, unfortunately but of patriarchy, white supremacy, and empty liberalism. The filmmakers want us to focus on how fake he and everyone around him is, but the fact that they think he wouldn't go through with all of this is irrelevant. If he feels it, desires it, Thinks it, he's dangerous. His conformity with the empty words and norms of corporate Wall Street monsters, his interchangeability with the other suits, even in the eyes of the other suits, only shows how awful they all are.
1: I think that's what we were talking about earlier, too, mm-hmm. with them. Like, they're all terrible, terrible people, and he's the same as them. So, what's yeah. to say, this is a very well written opinion of this movie. I- yeah, that's what I was trying to say
0: earlier, with like, it's not better that he's just thinking about these things.
1: Yeah. But they said it better. This is a well written, very well written version yeah. of what we were talking about or like what you were mm-hmm. saying earlier
0: it, it really isn't it's not a it's not a redemption just because he might
1: not have actually followed through yeah just because he didn't do it doesn't matter he's still thinking about it mm-hmm. reality's warped so he doesn't know if he did it or not so it doesn't yeah. matter it, it yeah
0: it's just so good it's so true like mm-hmm. these thoughts happen these things are hidden they're just hidden better mm-hmm. they don't get said aloud they're implemented into everything mm-hmm Especially fucking empty liberalism. Like I think someone mentions it later in the beginning when he's like, "Hey, don't don't be anti-Semitic."
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, but he's still casually he's still hanging out with these people, yeah. still considers these people friends, even though these friends are saying horrible things. Yes, it's also in the dinner scene in the beginning mm-hmm. where he's listing off like, "We gotta solve world hunger. We got to we have to stop terrorism. We gotta we gotta help we gotta help people, guys." And it's just so fucking fake. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. so fucking it's empty. It's empty. It's empty. It's mm-hmm. just so yeah he
0: acts in a very like racist way when he's talking to the investigator too like he starts acting like prejudiced against black people when he's like trying to clear his name did you catch that part
1: i don't remember what did he say
0: the investigator brings up huey lewis in the news and like their new album and he likes it and patrick is pretending like he doesn't like it and then like he doesn't like music made by black people and like
1: oh well i yeah I, i bet he did i must have missed that yeah
0: yeah You know, he just like flips to like to move forward in life to clear his name or whatever.
1: Oh yeah, just to get ahead in any way, absolutely. Yeah.
0: This next one is a 1 out of 10 from IMDb titled Pretentious Silver Spoon-Fed Crap from 2001. After hearing rave reviews from questionable sources, I watched this movie and found myself disgusted. To be quite honest, there was one scene, the chainsaw chase, that was interesting, as well as thrilling, although it did nothing to help the rest of the film. Although I have not read the novel, I plan to, but the silver screen version seems to have been a method of trapping critics and film snobs into praising a film praising a movie that was chock-full of hammed-up acting and let's-see-who-we-can-confuse direction.
1: Who are his questionable sources? I want to know who they who he's referencing there. I
0: wonder if they read the book. If they were disgusted by the movie. This was written in 2001, yeah. I, I kind of see what they're saying with, like, it was just a method of trapping critics and film snobs into praising it. hmm But I don't think it's as... I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. It has its issues, obviously, but, like... At the end of the day, every issue that someone's brought up has been like a—that's literally part of the commentary kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with this person, I don't know. I just the commentary, even if you realize it's there, it doesn't mean you have to sit through it. No, and that's kind of how I feel.
1: But we'll get—we'll get to that. When we
0: yeah. 1 out of 10, IMDb titled Cartoonish from 2002. One of the worst films I've seen in a long time. It's never quite hallucinatory enough to be surreal, never quite cartoonish enough to be funny, never plausible enough to be taken seriously, and the acting is the worst I've ever seen from Christian Bale. Sadly, this film also wastes the talents of Sevigny and Witherspoon. I guess this was meant to be a dark satire on the
1: Reagan years, but it failed utterly. How do you watch this movie and go, it's never that cartoonishly funny? Are you kidding me? you take card (laughs) did you take the whole dancing scene uh the Mm -hmm. whole that whole scene is hilarious and then him running around the city he's blowing up cop cars he's mm-hmm. he's getting away from people he's walking into the same building with different people like how do you not see the hilarity in that like yeah the guy at the club going can you keep it in a in a club where everyone's doing we all know what we're doing in there mm-hmm. he leans over the guy can you keep it down i'm trying to do drugs like <laughs> i'm sorry i howled for like oh my god it was so fucking funny Ugh. Something
0: that I just thought of that kind of goes with the the letterbox review about whether or not it was in his head, it's still not okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like what epitomizes that in the movie is the beginning when they're at the club the first time, and he is literally yelling all of the awful shit he wants to do to the bartender while she's turned around. It's scary to think about. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. This next one is another IMDb one, one out of 10, titled What a Pretentious Movie from 2005. I must admit to being... Extremely disappointed with this movie. The misanthropic message could not be seen as a metaphor for the 1980s greed is good capitalist mentality or as commentary on prevailing Western sensibilities. Rather, it is self-indulgent at best, coding a soft pawn movie with the veneer of social examination. Did they mean to say porn? Soft pawn. Yeah, I think that's what they meant. I. It looks like it was spelt like that on purpose, though. So it wouldn't get taken down. Yeah, probably. The characters are two-dimensional with no empathetic qualities. The dialogue staged and contrived. Although the acting is good, you can't polish turd. (laughs) If I had been a 13-year-old boy watching this movie, I would have been impressed by American Psycho's oversimplistic message. As a man, I am not. Wall Street delivers a far more clever and concise commentary on the phenomenon of the 1980s. And if you will allow me to retort, its tagline, greed is good, will always stick in the memory. I feel like there's a, a bunch of movies that show the greatest good
1: mentality of the 80s. Like we said earlier, it's not a new concept. I, here's the thing. Grown men have misunderstood this movie. Yeah, exactly. And the fact
0: that you only saw it as a commentary on a capitalist mentality and not on how women are treated like fucking objects. Yeah. I don't think it's too simple, dude. I think you missed. I think you I think you missed the message a little. I think you, you didn't get it. You missed a whole half of the message
1: yeah i'm sorry there i'm i'm just gonna say i don't think there's a 13 year old boy out there who would have gotten who would who would have thought this was an oversimplistic message no i couldn't understand it as a 14 year old girl and like that's okay this is a very heavy movie about very serious topics and commentary and it's okay if you're younger and you don't understand it. But, you know, as you grow older, it's something, you know, you should kind of realize. You get the context of the world. This is one of those movies where it's just simply not for younger viewers. No, absolutely not. You have to understand what they're talking about to get this movie. Yeah. Right here, it shows, like, there's even adults who know about these issues that just cannot understand this movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Five-star review from 2021 on Letterboxd. I'm honestly quite surprised Christian Bale didn't play the Joker after this film.
1: I, right. That's a very interesting thought. Here's the thing. He's a very talented actor. He could have played either part he if he wanted to. He could have been any character. He really honestly could have, and he would have nailed it and would have been praised for it. The Dark Knight, a one-man show. <laughs> he just played both. <laughs> that would have been interesting. I would pay money to see that. It's so good. How do you think he method acted for Batman? I don't know. Probably hung out with bats. <laughs> Probably hung out in a
0: cave. This next one's from 2022. Is a half star and says, would have been better if
1: Bruce Campbell was the American psycho? Oh my god that man has a huge loyal fan base so here's the thing i love bruce campbell i would pay money to see bruce campbell play american psycho oh yeah
0: this next one four stars from 2021 on letterboxd patrick bateman murder i'm okay with but i draw the line at (laughs) anti-semitism
1: it's like that thing from (laughs) earlier when people got offended about the you can be offended
0: by all of it But they're saying that's Patrick Bateman's mindset. He's okay with murder, but he
1: draws the line of anti-Semitism. Oh, yes, because of the first few minutes. Okay, yes.
0: Yeah. Three and a half stars, 2019 on Letterboxd. American Psycho really is dark and disturbing, but also hilarious at the same time. This movie is all about Christian Bale's descent into complete madness. There are some other characters, but they aren't really focused on. The plot is rather thin too, stretched into 105 minutes long. Nevertheless, I enjoyed the film mostly for Bale's performance, which is brilliant and fearless. I wouldn't put it on a must-see list, but it is a good film overall
1: okay i can i can get behind that yeah i definitely wouldn't go like oh you need to see american psycho to anyone
0: no this next one four and a half stars IMDb 2020 he's a <laughs> child of divorce gave him a break <laughs> see, this is exactly why you can't go back you can't do background <laughs> But the last review I have is a 10 out of 10 from IMDb, titled A Brilliantly Misunderstood Film from 2006. If I were to tell anyone anything about the film American Psycho, it would simply be, do not take this film at face value. This is an homage to a time in history. However recent the 80s may have been, they are still a definitive time period very unlike today. This film takes great lengths to explore the decadence and opulence of the boom in culture that occurred in the 1980s. The movie focuses its story on one man, Patrick Bateman, and his existence in this neon lit oversaturated pop music world we are given little as to how Bateman became who he is but we do enter his life at a time which could only best be described as his breaking point how this breakdown occurs and really what it results in is very open to debate as you will find but I urge you to view this film and interpret do not simply watch it is a truly original and intelligent piece of work and the horror the film produces is equaled if not topped by both its wit and satire Christian Bale is brilliant. as is the supporting cast the only negative that has resulted from this film is a very bad sequel that
1: seems to have clearly missed the point of the first film very well put
0: yeah what would you give it out of 10 though
1: i was thinking about it a six Mm -hmm. it's a very well done movie with satire and commentary i'm just not gonna watch it as often yeah, it's just too much sometimes for us personally. And that's exactly why I was, I'm was rating it at six.
0: I think I would probably also go with a six out of 10. Mm-hmm. Really, well, all you need to know about this movie is the message it's trying to convey. And that doesn't mean that you have to endure the movie itself. Yeah. Is there anything else you would want to add? I think I've said it all. Same here. Okay, so... Next week, we'll be doing another technically a Christmas movie movie. <laughs> After that, we're going to move on to rom-coms since we've been doing horror for so long. So if you have any suggestions for what rom-coms you might want us to do, you can message us on our Instagram. You can also message us with any feedback or comments, anything, at Takes on Instagram. Also, the same username on TikTok. We have transcripts of all of our episodes on our website, as well as review overviews. That's EasyBigTakesPodcast.com. And those same review overviews are on our Box you can find us at easy big takes and don't forget to leave a review or a rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share us with a friend who you think might enjoy our podcast and thank you so much for listening my name is Kat and I'm Riley this has been easy big takes easy watching out there bye bye